0: Alright, clock him. What was his time? E 37 seconds, sir. Are you kidding me? That's like 7 seconds off the rest of the field! You know what that means. Oh great, another field filler. Welcome to the NASCAR Field Filler Podcast. Get all your news, results, and updates on NASCAR every week on this channel. You've tried the best, now here's the rest. Let's fill the last row with our host, Vanilla Wafers! What's up, everybody? Welcome to the bottom of the playlist as well as the back of the field. This is Vanilla Wafers, and thank you for tuning in too. The Field Filler Podcast. New Hampshire is in the books. We just had the Foxwood Resorts Casino 301 race happen yesterday. We had a lot of action there. It is also August 3rd, so happy Watermelons Day if you've been keeping track of random holidays. It is Ross Chastain's favorite day because every time he wins a race, he likes to throw a watermelon right there on the front straightaway. So if you have one, make sure to celebrate the holidays. Throw it down on the ground. Throw it at someone's car. Make sure to have a good lawyer on hand on the side or just throw it at someone and run like hell. I don't care what you do. However, before we go to the supermarket and commit assault, let's get into the final results at New Hampshire. We had ourselves a good race, got a lot of talk about here, a lot of surprise finishers and a lot of people who did not compete. We're going to go through all of that. Let's first get started with the race results at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Alrighty, for this race we did have a lot of lead changes. We had 22 lead changes amongst seven drivers. We also had 11 cautions for 52 laps, that's one sixth of the race, including a rain caution, which I'm not gonna lie, I had my booty cheeks clenched just a little bit because I thought mother nature was gonna rain on our day, But luckily all she did was just take a piss over the racetrack and slowly walked away with no shame So we were able to dry it up. We were able to run a full race There was a lot of good action a lot of people who were capable of winning this race But in the end it was the number two of Brad Keselowski for Roger Penske racing Able to collect his third win of the season and his 33rd win of his career leading 184 laps He is your winner of the Foxwood Resorts Casino 301 congratulations to him Finishing second was the number 11 of Denny Hamlin, winning stage one, finishing second in stage two. He finished second overall, leading 92 laps. Finishing third, we have the number 19 of Martin Trex Jr., Denny Hamlin's partner. Brad Keselowski's partner, Joey Logano, finished fourth in that number 22 machine. Brian at the top five was the number four of Kevin Harvick. Finishing sixth was the number 21 of Matt DiBenedetto. Finishing seventh, we have the number 10 of Eric Amarola. Finishing eighth was the highest finishing rookie, the number 41 of Cole Custer. Finishing ninth was the number nine of Chase Elliott. And rounding up a top 10, another rookie, the number 8 of Tyler Reddick. Finishing 11th, we have the number 24 of William Byron. Finishing 12th is the number 48 of Jimmy Johnson. Finishing 13th is the number 3 of Austin Dillon. 14th, we have the number 47 of Ricky Stenhouse Jr., 15th, the number 88 of Alex Bowman. Finishing 16th was the number 37 of Ryan Priest. Finishing 17th is the number 1 of Kurt Busch. Finishing 18th is the number 14 of Clint Boyer. Finishing 19th, we have the number 34 of Michael McDowell. And rounding up the top 20 is the number 12 of Ryan Blaney. Some noticeable drivers who finished outside the top 20 were the number 20 of Eric Jones finishing 24th, did not really have a good run. The number 95 of Christopher Bell was actually running really good in stage 1, got a flat tire and finished 28th in this race. John Henry Nemechek got into an accident finishing 36th. Matt Kenseth got into multiple accidents due to flat tires finishing 37th. And Kyle Busch in the number 18 pedigree machine finished 38th after getting a blown tire on only lap number 15. And that is your final results for the 20th race of the 2020 season for the NASCAR Cup Series. Now let's get into this race. This race was by far one of the most action packed races I have seen in the first half. I could not tell who was the best guy. Denny Hamlin would lead a lap, then you had Brad Keselowski leading another lap, then you had Kevin Harvick, you had Ryan Blaney, you also had Joey Logano. All these guys were passing each other. There was passing all around this racetrack. It was a lot of fun to watch. I mean, in the end, it was between Brad Keselowski and Denny Hamlin. It also ended, unfortunately, on a fuel strategy race. So this race has kind of been the opposite of the mile and a half. Really, really boring first half of the race, and then a lot of action pack in the second half. This one was really action pack in the first half, and then was a little bit boring in the second half. Unfortunately, we couldn't get those two together, but... New Hampshire is honestly a really fun track to go to. We've had a lot of good finishes here the last couple of years and a lot of good racing. It's just a bummer that got taken off the playoff picture. It used to be the first or second race into the playoffs. Now it's just a regular race in the summer. I just feel like that was a bit of a missed opportunity. I understand why they moved it to Las Vegas. Las Vegas more attraction, but either way. There were some noticeable drivers who did really good in this race that I was very impressed with, and it was mostly the drivers who were kind of there on the playoff cut line. I mean, Matt DeBandetto needed a good finish. He got six. Cole Custer already locked himself in, but he needs to start getting better finishes if he wants to be competitive during the playoffs. He finished 8th. Tyler Reddick, William Byron, and Jimmy Johnson were running it out for the top 10 at the end. Austin Dillon got 13th. Uh, Clint Boyer kind of struggled near the end. He did get some stage points, so he was able to get 28 points. But he finished around in 18th. That seems to be the spot he's been. And Kyle Busch has been the biggest loser in this race finishing dead last due to tire problems. I don't know what's going on with Goodyear this year, but there's been quite a few tracks where they have completely failed with the tires. I think it could be something to do with practice, could be something to do with the lack of testing. A lot of this could play into that factors, but it's really affected a lot of top drivers and Kyle Busch has now put himself only 93 points above the cutoff line and he does not have a victory yet. So there is a chance that he could fall off. There has to be a lot of things that need to happen, obviously, but now he puts himself in that spot where he's not as comfortable as he was a couple of weeks ago. He now has to make sure he gets some good top ten finishes to secure his spot. Cause if he gets a couple more finishes like this, he'll be right there with William Byron and Tyler Reddick just fighting to make it into the playoffs. And after winning a championship last year, that's gonna be a big hit and then a big miss almost as bad as Carl Edwards a couple of years ago. So I mean yeah it was a bit of a bummer for the flat tires because it did affect a lot of drivers including Christopher Bell too. Christopher Bell had a phenomenal race. Uh, Ryan Priest is another person I want to shout out. He's been known to race really well in the Wheeling Modified Series and this is like their Daytona 500 New Hampshire Motor Speedway. I completely forgot about that he came from that series. So he ran actually really good in this race. The finish is a little injustice to him because he did run out of fuel near the end but at least uh, JTT Daughtry Racing got some good finishes here with a 14th and 16th and not having Ryan Priest finish 35th or worse. So above all, I'm going to give this race a a solid 7 out of 10. It's really one of the top races of the season. I wouldn't say it's the best race just because of the ending, but it was really good racing that a lot of us really missed. The Gen 6 car doesn't provide a lot of passing, but we got a lot of it in this weekend's race. So that's great. Hopefully, it's the same in Michigan. Of course, they're complete opposite racetracks. This is a mile racetrack, and that one's a two-mile super speedway. So, Let's just be happy that we got ourselves a really good finish here and a really good race here in the summer Now we move on to michigan for the first of two double headers into the august weekend So we'll go over picks on thursday or friday We'll try to figure out the better time for that since it is a double header Give you guys a little bit more extra time But before we go through any of that, let's look at our picks and let's see who did great Who let us down and who did we completely miss it's time to look at our picks from last friday Alrighty, so we went over our our picks on Friday. We picked 15 people, 5 being our top dogs, 5 being our top 10 guys, and 5 being our dark horses. And as I was looking through my list and how they finished out, kind of half-assed it. I'm not going to lie. Because half of the people did really good and the other half did really, really horrible. And even my picks, some did really good, some did really awful. Let's just get through it, and let's see where I did good and where I screwed you guys over. Starting first off with Kevin Harvick. Scores on average here 44 points. He got us 40 points. Kind of a bad um, call, um, one of the pit road things, but he was able to make up for it. He finishes in the top five, so he gets us a lot of points there, which is really good. Just not as much as usual, so maybe it would have been best not to use him. But if you did, no problem there. He still got you 40 points. Martin Truex Jr. also averaged out 44 points at this racetrack in the last five races. However, he scored 46 points in this race. He wasn't a contender to win the race. In fact, he did not lead any laps at all. But he did get a lot of stage points and he got a top three in the end. So really good for Martin Truex Jr. to be able to get us those points there. Kyle Busch was without a doubt the biggest letdown. Or let's say Goodyear was our biggest letdown when it came to Kyle Busch. Because he blew a tire on lap 15 and got us a whole whopping... One point, and I think he said the best. It's still 2020. Yikes. Well, let's hope he does better in the next race. Denny Hamlin was actually the person who did the second best uh, this weekend in that number 11 machine. He scored 54 points, nearly 20 points more than his average. Definitely the guy to beat, and he's shown that he's been the guy to beat all year, so if you keep using Denny Hamlin. He's on a hot streak right now. If he's giving us 50-plus points, I mean, use him as much as you can. And Ryan Blaney was the second letdown. He's been really hitting or miss lately. He's either, He's been running in the top five, yes, but his finishes have not been back in up I say this one was mostly just a bad call on the pit strategies, but man, it's another 20 plates finish. It's not really where Ryan Blaney should be. Almost kind of looking like a little bit of Alex Bowman, but I'm not going to go that far. Ryan Blaney has been running really good at the beginning of the races. It's just been the finishes. The top 10 guys, Brad Keselowski was clearly the guy who scored the most points here. There's 56 points, by the way, gave him a contract extension. So hopefully all the other NASCAR drivers are listening. If you score 56 plus points in a race, you are guaranteed another year with that team or maybe even a better contract. I just know that Brad Keselowski really wanted to be back here with Roger Penske. So good for him and good for whoever used him in your list. Uh, He got you a good 56 points there. Joey Logano was the guy I went with with an average point score of 33 he did 44 points he also did really good he got a lot of stage points I'm glad he actually got a good finish here he's been struggling a little bit so for him to get 44 points in this race pretty good on him so really good uh, as well for the top 10 guys. Eric Jones was one of our biggest letdowns. He kind of went a lap down really early in the race and never really recovered. He only scored 13 points and he was really uh, off the pace with everybody else. I mean, you had William Byron, Jimmy Johnson, Tyler Reddick, people he's all racing against to try to make it into the playoffs, score right around the top 12 and he finished way back there. Really missed the ball on this one and unfortunately if you went with him, he really missed the ball on your roster. Jimmy Johnson, however, um, had some bad luck at the beginning, but was able to recover. Got a 12th place finish. I thought he was going to finish better, finishing either 6th or 7th. But, you know, finishing outside the top 10, he just needed a solid finish. 25 points is not bad. He needs, obviously, better ones to make it back in. But 25 points, if he was your 5th or 6th guy, hey, good for you. And then Eric Amarola, he's on that top 10 streak, and he got a 7th place with 38 points. Keep using him. I mean, he's just on fire right now. There's no reason not to uh, put him off your list right now because he's he's got figure it figured out right now. He's going to get you points. And the way he's been lucky with the qualifying, always starting near the front row. Actually, he's been on the pole the last two races. Keep putting him on your list because he's obviously showing that he can be a top dog for you. Now moving on to the Dark Horses, Ryan Newman in the number 6. Average point score, 26, been getting top 10s the last few races. This was one of those races where he did none of that. He only finished 21st, he really wasn't a factor in the end, he finished one lap down. Thanks Ryan Newman, I considered you a good Dark Horse and you kind of just killed me on that one so a good whole whopping 16 points from Ryan Newman and Matt Kenseth you even did better for me son your average point score was 39 in the last five races and you also got just one point thanks to tire problems I mean you can't blame him too much for that but the fact that he got like three flat tires in a matter of like 40 laps I was like holy hell yeah I, I would have been in the same boat just get off the track because God wants to kill me today I- I'm done And then Christopher Bell in the number 95, 16 points. I mean, that was really much of a bummer for him because the reason why, he had a really good race car. He was running near the front, just has bad luck, finishes back in 28th. That was a bummer right there. Matt DiBenedetto, though, did show that he really likes this track. I mean, he did get fifth last year. He gets sixth in this race, 32 points. Not too bad. So hopefully you used him as a dark horse because he was the best dark horse out of the five guys we went with. Last guy, Kurt Busch. Um, I, I don't know why I put him on here because I've noticed that in the number one car he doesn't really run here when he was back with Stuart Haas he was doing really well so I probably should have put Cole Custer there because Cole Custer got a top 10 but Kurt Busch the 17th only 20 points yeah it was just not a really good pick list for me this week. Uh, unfortunately on that one and some noticeable drivers who I didn't go with were Chase Elliott scored 30 points William Byron scored 32 points Cole Custer scored 29 points Tyler Reddick scored 27 points Alex Bowman scored 22 Clint Boyer scored 28 and then Bubba Wallace Chris Buescher Stenhouse were actually drivers that were a pretty good idea to keep off to the side because they didn't really do anything then Austin Dillon and Ryan Priest 28 23 points all those guys scored more than Kyle Busch Eric Jones, Ryan Newman, Matt Kenseth, Christopher Bell, and Kurt Busch. Great. Well... Here's the worst news too, because actually it's really good news, is that um, I had a lot of new people actually start listening to the podcast last weekend, and of course that's the one they started off with, because I said at the beginning of the episode that I was going to buy a bunch of pornography with my second stimulus check, which had nothing to do with NASCAR, not one thing to do with it, I just decided to randomly say that, and then I had one of my worst picks in the entire season, and that's where I get most of my downloads from, it's just like, oh damn it, I just know when to pick them and know when to screw up uh but however there is a chance I can redeem myself I'm not going to give up yet because we also have the Observer Showdown who did the best was it me Mechanical Manny or Crazy Corrado and who should you listen to this weekend Okay, okay, another thing I got to confess, because I really, really dropped the ball this weekend. Uh, Let's stop the music just for a second, just real quick, real quick. Okay, so here's what happened. So remember when I said that I had my picks ready? Of course you did. I I announced my picks on Friday. And I said that Crazy Corrado and Mechanical Manny turned in their picks already, and I wasn't going to announce them today. Well, here's the truth. Crazy Corrado, I completely forgot to tell him, hey, make your picks for the New Hampshire race. The reason why I got to let him know is because he has a full-time job. He mostly works on the weekends. I'm not going to say specifically where he works because just for privacy. But he's he's very busy. And I have to remind him so he has those picks ready for me. And I never told him until I asked him in the middle of the New Hampshire race. And he was like, I got that on recording right now. And I'm not going to be able to watch it till tonight. So... I, I blew it. It is not his fault by any shape or form. It's my fault for not reminding him. I lied. I lied into your ears. How can you trust me anymore? Well, unfortunately, I got to do something that needs to be done. Remember the Doofus Rufus bums, bums List? Well, guess what? The Bums List doesn't exist today because we only have one bum for this weekend. The one and only bum. Uh, well, we could add good year to it, but uh, we'll, we'll save that for another episode. This week's bum is Vanilla Wafers. I'm not proud of this award. Uh, I'm not proud of this. This is my darkest day on this podcast. I, I, I'm, I'm really ashamed of myself. However, uh, I will take it. I will uh, join the likes of Brian France and Ryan Priest and Timmy Hill. And uh, now I join them. I am no better than them. So, ah, uh, man, a bum, bum in, the, in month the month of August. August. It's brutal. Bird. Let's see if I can recover from this. But okay, then we'll, we'll move on from that. Let's move on forward now with our picks. Let's get back. Let's get the music back going. So we remember my picks. I had six people, A whole whopping six, like it's ever changed. But I gotta keep the suspense going. I had Erica Morola, Joey Logano, Denny Hamlin, Matt Kenseth, Jimmy Johnson, and Ryan Newman. So I had I had a few. Uh, downers in there but it's okay because Mechanical Manny also has some downers too that's the only my competition so I'm either going to win or lose and maybe Mechanical Manny might actually get his first win on this channel he's going to get a victory before we ever hear his voice on this list okay so let's get into it so I scored a total of 177 points yeah yeah, 177 points. I'll, I'll take that. That's okay. Not not the best, but... I mean, I had to take uh, Ryan Newman because Matt Kenseth really let me... Or Goodyear, he let me down. However, how much did Mechanical Manny score? Does Mechanical Manny beat a bum like me this weekend? Or is he forever stuck in a constant loop of second places and bronze medals? Is he doomed to never win on this channel. Well, we have the results. And it's sponsored by. I don't know. I, I, I can't get sponsorship anymore. Not after that last weekend. But, anyways, with a combined score of 100 and 92 points, Mechanical Manny gets his first victory here in our channel. He is the best observer of the weekend. Yes, congratulations to Mechanical Manny. I've been talking so much crap. He had Kevin Harvick, Brad Keselowski, Chase Elliott, Eric Amarola, and Clint Boyer as his list. Uh, The one who gave him the lowest amount of points was Clint Boyer still with 28 points, but he picked the highest person as Brad Keselowski. He did also have Kyle Busch, but he got to get rid of him. So... Congratulations, Mechanical Manny. I'm never going to hear the end of it. Actually, you know what? He sent me a text on my phone. Let let me read it real quick. Law of the land, son. Thou shalt not beat the old man in anything. Quoted in kicking and screaming. Wow, thanks, Mechanical Manny. I, I guess you're not a sore loser, but you are what we call a sore winner. I'm going to have to beat you down next weekend. I will beat you. I have to redeem myself, and I shall do that next weekend at... The Michigan Speedway Doubleheader. And that will be the last segment of today's episode. Uh, This was kind of a fun one. You got to make those episodes where you kind of make fun of yourself because there was a lot of errors I made this week. But at least we had a good New Hampshire race. I got to redeem myself. Hopefully we can do it. And hopefully I can help you guys out for the Michigan Doubleheader do remember that it is a doubleheader that will be racing on both Saturday and Sunday. So we might do an episode on Thursday, so just keep an eye on that. If not, we will still do the same episodes on Friday. So make sure to tune in on that to make sure to get your picks ready for Fantasy Live. And we'll also go over this week's news because looks like they're starting to get some contract deals, maybe for the 2021 season. But above all, thank you guys so much for listening to the best and trying out all the rest. I have been able to fill up the last few remaining minutes of your time, so I'm going to take the car and pull it right Right on into Pit Road, collect my last place winnings, and I am out. So, you all take care. This has been the Field Filler Podcast.